Hey, it's JP here on the Mixed Morning Grind. Tax season is upon us, and we had to bring in an expert. That's why we have Jessica Harquill in from Givens LLP. Jessica, how are you? I am good. you got to be a busy person this time of year. We sure am, but we're getting to the tail end of everything, which is pretty exciting for all us tax accountants. So we're just kind of wrapping everything up this week. So we had I had some questions that you know a lot of people want to ask this time of year, and maybe yeah. they're too scared to ask or don't know exactly how to ask it. So let's talk some frequently asked questions that you yes. get as a ta- tax expert. Yes. So I would imagine for some people, maybe when they're just doing their individual taxes, mm-hmm. filing every year is an important thing to do, right? You don't want to get yourself caught behind you know, two, three, four years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's so many reasons to file on time. Well, for one, if you do owe, there are penalties that are assessed if you late file on the balance. So that's number one. Number two, uh, if you are in a refund, why wouldn't you want your money back? 100%. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. So get out there and file. And then the other thing that I always say is if you don't owe, or if you're in a lower income tax bracket, you want to make sure you're filing because after the month of July, if you stop filing, then the CRA kind of clamps down and they cut off, they cut you off. They they take away any of your your benefits. If you're entitled to GST, any kind of family benefits, Mm -hmm. those just dry up, which is uh, really a push for CRA to say, file your taxes. So make sure you're up to date. So what are the penalties? Like, let's say you you are a couple of years behind here. What do the penalties look like? Is it a percentage? What what is it? Yeah. So the percentage is based on how much you owe. So it's not a straight. uh, Across the board kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So it's based on how much you owe, straight percentage. And then what happens if you you get on CRA's bad side and you get a position where you have multiple years where you haven't filed, uh, CRA gets not, not they get a not, little not happy. They are, a little testy. Exactly. <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll actually assess a multi a multi late filing penalty, and that's really where you know it starts to get quite expensive. Uh, but for the most part, if you don't owe, if you're in a refund, the penalty is nothing because it's right. based on the balance that you owe. So that is that's the first and foremost kind of thing is that you need to be filing your taxes. That should be a given, Absolutely. right? Everybody should Absolutely. be doing it. Yeah, you want to make sure it's in on time. Now, getting into the the weeds of it a little bit more, I know that a lot mm. of people during COVID there was a lot of different things that were you know given from the government and that sort of thing. Yeah. How do we make sense of that and what's getting paid taxes on what's not yes. getting paid? Yes, yes. Great questions. There's so many uh, interesting things that have come about this year in relation to COVID. So last year, I'm sure most people heard of the the of CERB. And yeah. you know when it came down to uh, even applying for the CERB, it was truly just such a simple checklist. It was like, do you qualify? Yes or no? And most people were like, well, sure. And if I don't qualify, CRA will not give me the money. At that time, the rules were super unclear and and the Canadian government really just threw money at whoever checked it off. This year, what they're doing is they're going back and they're saying, hey, you actually did have employment income or you had um, employment benefits that you were receiving. You actually should not have received this benefit and now you need to pay us back. So what we're seeing this year is a bit of a surprise where, you know, normally they're like, hey, I get like a a $5,000 refund and they'll call us and they're like, something happened. I only got three. Why? And we're like, well, CRA actually looked at you and said you were never entitled for those benefits. So they 
reduced your tax refunds without really telling you. Surprise, (laughs) you need to pay it back. That's not a good surprise to get. (laughs) No, no. Generally, anything from CRA is not a good surprise. (laughs) So you really want to make sure that before you're you're taking advantage of any benefit, I know COVID years, like that's nothing we've ever seen before, that you're really cautious because it will catch up with you at some point and nobody ever wants to be in a position where they got something that they weren't entitled to and then have to figure out, okay, how do I pay back this two, three thousand dollar payment? It's a big lump that sum. I wasn't expecting. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. Okay. So now we have that side of things. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, even prior to the pandemic, lots of people were finding the need to get extra jobs. And some of those come with like skip the dishes or they yes. come with, uh, you know, side jobs that yeah, maybe aren't. Muscles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're becoming more and more popular. Yes. And how do you kind of approach things from a tax perspective that way? I would imagine everybody's a little bit different, Mm -hmm. uh, but these side hustles, what's the best way to go about paying taxes on them and knowing what you pay? Yeah, that is a great question. So what I would say is the number one thing that we get asked about, or probably that, uh, you know, anybody working at our office in administration will get the most phone calls about is why do I owe? Why? And what I find is, well, even in our you know, in our in our our schooling, we don't really talk about taxes. We don't really talk about how it works. And oftentimes, the average Canadian thinks that you know, if I have some kind of employment income, they're automatically the system just knows. <laughs> the system just knows yeah. how much I you know should be taking off and. The money just magically goes to Canada Revenue Agency. That's not the case. So what happens is, you know, if you have multiple sources of income, there's usually a few different scenarios that we will see. And one of them is, okay, I'm going to have two jobs. Um, each one of these jobs, say, for example, makes $50,000. If you're you're filling out your TD-1, which is the form that they give you, and nobody really understands how to fill it out, but there is a section on there that's like, do you want us to take off extra tags? And you're like, no, take off just the minimum, Bare minimum, minimum yeah. that yeah. I'm a, uh, that I can that I can get away with. But if you have two different sources of income. Uh, each payroll system is going to calculate your tax based on that $50,000 of income. If you put them together, now you're at 100000 So if you're taking off, say, 20% tax at you know a 50000 income, when you combine them together, your tax rate's closer to 30, you've under you've under remitted there's been no, there has not been enough tax taken off at source and then what happens is you owe so oftentimes we'll get the question of you know well for one like why didn't they just take the right amount because mm-hmm. they don't know right they it's... don't know what other sources of income that you have mm-hmm. and if you have multiple sources of income you need to know that it's going to push you into a higher tax bracket so that's kind of the, the first thing when it comes to say payroll in addition to that if you have some side hustles, if you're doing skip the dishes, if you're doing Uber, uh, you really have to be careful because there's nothing taken off there. So every dollar that you're you're adding onto your income, it could potentially be pushing you into a higher tax bracket, which means there's a higher rate of tax on there. Plus, you're going to have to clear up that tax come April 30th. That's that's kind of the day of So reckoning. you best be saving if you're doing those things. Best be saying, saving, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So what I always re- recommend 
is if you're not sure, 30% is always a really great number. There's so many tax calculators online. If you have an idea of what your income is going to be, it'll calculate what your tax rate is, and then it gives you kind of a general guideline of how much you should be taking off or how much you should be putting to the side every month. So just know if you have extra sources of income, not all that money is yours. And anyone that I know who is just starting out oftentimes is like, look at all this extra money I have. And they spend it. And yeah. it's like, you stop taxing me. Yeah. Don't forget about the tax. You need to save us some money for, for, for Canada Revenue Agency. So, um, Definitely biggest question is is why why do I owe? And those are usually the culprits. Mm-hmm. The other one that I would say is uh, individuals withdrawing from their RSP. Right, right. Yes, and I would say RSP is, is people either, either love them or hate them. I am a believer in them. I think that they serve a purpose, and the purpose is helping you save and providing you a tax incentive to do that. The, the question that I always get is, uh, why do I owe? And I'm like, well, you 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 took out a large amount from your RSP. Uh, and there is tax that's withheld at source. But again, the system doesn't know what your actual tax rate is. So if you're taking out, say, below $5,000, the system's only taking off 10%. If your tax rate's 30, well, now you got that, that 20% difference that you're going to have to pay up. So that's that's always the kicker. Um, the other question that I get is, I'm being double taxed. And the thing with RSPs is, no, you are not being double taxed. That's not how RSPs work. When you put your RSPs in, that income has actually not been taxed because you get a tax deduction for it. Right. And the tax is paid when you take it out. The goal with RSPs, if you are contributing to them, is don't take them out until you need them. And need them means that you are in a lower tax bracket because that's that's the point. You, mm-hmm. you put it in, get the tax break at a higher tax bracket, and then you take it out ideally when you're retired at right. a low tax bracket. But if you're putting it in and then taking it out in some of your highest income earning years. You're going to pay for it. Yeah, it really yeah. defeats the purpose of contributing altogether. So those are definitely the top reasons why we see people paying and kind of those surprise tax bills that people get. Now, when it comes to filing taxes, um, there's all sorts of discounts and rebates and all of those sort of things that you guys as as tax professionals, as accountants, you guys yeah. know those inside and out. And yeah. depending on where you live, there's a lot of differences as well, those sort of things. Um, What are maybe some that, you know, the average person or most of the average people Mm -hmm. wouldn't really look into or Mm -hmm. really know um, Mm -hmm. that they should be taking advantage of when filing taxes? Yeah, great question. Uh, I I would say, aside from why do I owe, the next question is, how can I pay less? (laughs) I think that's what... You get a lot of common questions in (laughs) your line of work. Yeah, we do. You know, we're all simple creatures. Why and how can I make it less painful next year? So, so, uh, I mean, some common ones that, that most people probably have heard about, but I don't see people really taking advantage of, is actually claiming uh, babysitting for childcare expenses. So oftentimes, most people think that, you know, the things that you're able to claim, you have to get a tax receipt for it. That's not necessarily the case. If you have young children and they're 
at daycare, the daycare typically will provide you with a slip, but babysitting is something that you are able to claim. The thing to remember is if you're claiming babysitting, for one, you're going to want to grab that person's social insurance number, which may make them feel a little weird. But that's <laughs> I, I swear I'm not I doing something crazy I know, with I know. It. No scam here. I need this for tax purposes. So you want to grab their social insurance number uh, to make it legitimate. You can still put it in without it, but truly you mm-hmm. should have a social insurance number. And you also want to make sure that it you are, you are claiming those babysitting expenses, not for date nights, but to earn income or to go to school. So say for myself, when I was a young mom and I was in school actually getting my my accounting designation on the weekends, I would have to drive into the city and I'd have to hire a babysitter for the day to watch my son. I claimed all of those because I was paying for a babysitter to further myself, to to pursue education, and that is totally fine. Right. Or if you work shift work and have to do weekends and there's no childcare or evenings, you can claim those as well. So that's one I don't see a lot of. Noon hour supervision. That is technically childcare. So really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is a that is a great one. And I know it's not a lot, like oftentimes for the year it's a hundred bucks, but a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. Yeah. So Money. um that's right. So you the on the receipts that you pay to your your schooling, if there's noon hour supervision on there for your children, you're able to claim those expenses. And the last one I will say is summer camps, which often gets uh, missed as well. So if you're putting your child in a summer camp and there's a childcare component to it because you work and you put them in the camp uh, because you're busy and you don't want them home alone, <laughs> uh, you're able to claim claim those those expenses. But it needs to be, you know, like a five-day camp where they're there the whole day. There's actual child care. It's not just like a drop-in violin lesson kind of thing for an hour. Awesome. So yeah. the other thing, too, is obviously we, we talk about, you know, personal income tax and that sort of thing. Mm. Lots of people, you know, have home-based businesses or running businesses as well. Mm. Uh, from what I've heard from a lot of friends that do that, yep. is it really pays, like you think you can do your own books a lot of the time, yeah. but it really pays to kind of have a pro in your corner when it, it comes sure to does. big or small businesses, doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Mm-hmm. It could save you and make you a lot more money in the long run. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think that's where, you know, a, a CPA is going to come in for anybody who has a small business because there are more deductions that are available. And then also you want to make sure that, you know, things are handled, especially if you have employees, that you have proper payroll accounts, GST accounts, all those kind of things. And a CPA will help you navigate through that. Uh, if if you only have tax libs for the most part, usually I'm like, you know what? There's so many great applications out there and they walk you through it and all you're doing is data entry. You completely handle this yourself. Mm-hmm. The business side of a tax return does add a layer of complexity. And if you're not familiar with it and you're not an expert at it, don't don't do it. There's, there's Well, that's so, the thing is you're an, you're an expert at whatever your yeah, business is. Absolutely. It doesn't mean you're a an expert on the number yeah, side of things, that's right? That's just it. Yeah. And what I find is there's so many dollars that are left on the table just because you don't know what you're able to claim. And a perfect perfect situation that that I'll chat with you about, and this is this is actually me with my mother-in-law <laughs> where I was doing some tax planning. Yeah. She, uh, you know, for the, for the past few years, she's actually been investing heavily in writing, uh, conferences, and she set up a website, and she's, she's doing all of these pieces because she wants to write a memoir. Mm. 
So I was chatting with her, and I'm like, why aren't you claiming these expenses? And her comment was, well, I don't have a business yet. I'm not generating any income. And I'm like, well, you do. Regardless of whether or not you're generating income at this point has nothing to do with whether or not you're able to claim the expense. It has everything to do with what is your intention. So when it comes to business expenses, it all comes down to the intention. Are you doing these things to generate income in the future? Yes. Okay. You have a business. You may not have income today. It's going to take you a few years to write your your memoir. So you're investing heavily in these conferences and you went to the U.S. and you have travel and you're working with these coaches to bring yourself up to the next level. So let's make sure that we're we're recording those expenses on a business statement. And right now, they're just a pure write-off, which is fantastic, which helps her quite a bit on her personal tax return. In the future, the goal is that she's going to write the memoir, sell some books, have, have income, have, from it. Have income yeah. but she doesn't have it yet. But she is building to get to, to that point, and her intention is to earn income at some point. So in that case, I'm like, yes, let's throw it in there. Though again, there's always these tax tips, and I find most people will will get caught up because they'll hear just part of the story, and they're like, "I have a friend, and they did this," but they don't hear of the other side, yes. the other pieces to it. So yes, that's completely okay. Again, if you are you know setting something up for yourself to earn income in the future, the thing that you need to remember is if you have you know five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years of losses, Sierra is going to look at that and say, "You're not in business. Like no." <laughs> This person is good at operating. And, and you're not good at it if you are. Yeah, yeah. like exit, exit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, if you have multiple, multiple years of losses with no kind of kind of uh, revenue in sight, um, then at that point, you know, it's not really a business. Mm-hmm. It's more of a hobby, and hobbies are not deductible. So it's kind of you really have to get into the 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 details a little mm-hmm. bit, get into the weeds a little bit, and figure out what's your intention, what do things look like, how long has this been going on, and then there's a level of reasonableness, which I know is very vague, but it just comes down to, well, would a reasonable person have a business that was operating in a loss for like seven years? Like, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Jessica, this has been a huge help uh, come tax season right now. This is obviously a busy time for you. I appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us. Yeah, We love talking tax. Well, well, that's the thing is like, you hear so much when it comes to tax or with yeah. finances and and people just I talked to a friend about it or I talked yes, my, my buddy's a friend my buddy's the- aunt told me this yes talks to somebody That's who right. knows what the heck they're talking that about it's your is, money that is that is so true or yeah. like the common one that we'll get is they weigh they make way more money than me and pay way less tax and I'm like that's just not how our tax system works right so chat with chat with an expert is what it comes down to 100% that's right and an expert that you can talk to is Jessica Harquell from Givens LLP uh, if they want to follow you or follow along with Givens how yeah. can they do it like our Facebook page we have an Instagram account um, as well as a Twitter account, and I think TikTok may be coming, so you may see some really cringy accounting dances <laughs> in, in the future. We're definitely working on that. It's going to be a whole new genre, accounting yeah. dances. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes, Jessica Hartwell from Givens LLP right here in Fort Saskatchewan. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us.